And now, the thrilling conclusion of Doomsday Clock. The final chapter, titled, Discouraged of Man. So as Dr. Manhattan prepares for his first and final encounter with Superman, he reflects over what he believes to be his own false conclusion of nothing lasts forever. So Manhattan recalls being trapped in the test chamber while going back for Janie's watch, which was the event that basically transformed him from normal John Osterman into Dr. Manhattan. During their first meeting, Manhattan greets Superman, explaining in 11 minutes either he destroys everything or you'll destroy me, referring to his vision of fighting Superman. The two are then surrounded by both the people's heroes from Russia and Black Adam's metahuman army, uh, both groups intending on killing Superman. And as Superman battles both groups, uh, metahumans from all over the world are sent to intervene in the conflict. Elsewhere, Rorschach is watching TV outside of a store, like in the window thing, uh, when he's attacked by the owner who thought Reggie was trying to break in. Reg- regardless, the owner prepares to beat up Reggie until the owner is first beat up by Alfred, who had followed Reggie. And again, Alfred pleads with Reggie to help Superman by taking on the Rorschach persona again. But Reggie declines again, claiming Rorschach is a monster and that this world is going to end just like his own. So there's no point. Uh, However, just then, Batman arrives and is able to convince Reggie saying that he can change Rorschach and make people see Rorschach as the hero he wants to be, as opposed to the monster that everyone knows or that he knows. And so as chaos is unleashed on the streets of D.C., conveniently, um, Washington, D.C., <laughs> uh, Superman begs Manhattan for help, but he declines. <laughs> Just the running theme. Uh, waiting for the point of revelation to arrive in less than four minutes. So John recalls having a similar feeling following Ozymandias's massacre in New York. And so back in Metropolis, Lex Luthor tells Lois Lane to write an article informing the world of Manhattan's meddling with history. When Lois asks why, he states that he wants to be credited with the discovery. And so on his way out, he leaves with a vibrational emitter to meet with a certain special someone. And this vibrational emitter is like some kind of like super like mega high tech device that can kind of, it was invented by Lex Luthor and as a means to like, move between Earths, pretty much. We'll get to it in the future. So with 12 seconds to go now, Manhattan tells Superman that he is the one behind the changes in his life and the loss of certain allies and that he is the one that killed his Earth parents many years ago. 
and think like thinks to himself, will Superman, you know, be pissed and destroy me or will I defend myself despite realizing how much damage I've caused in Superman's life? And now Superman finally charges at Manhattan and Manhattan prepares himself for this like ultimate punch from Superman to decide if the entire universe ends or if he dies and uh, Superman lunges forward, but only to knock back Pozar, who is preparing an attack on Dr. Manhattan. And leaving Manhattan confused, like, why did you defend me? Why didn't you attack me after all the shitty things I've done to you? And Superman simply asks him a question in return. Um, specifically who the woman in the photo with him is. As John recalls his transformation into Dr. Manhattan, uh, Superman wonders whether the darkness beyond comes from Manhattan using all his power to save his own world instead. Um, And like, that's why he dies or he can't see anything more past that point because he's using all of his power to save his own world. And Superman is telling him, like, that's that's what I would do. If it, if it came down to it, I would use all of my power to save this Earth. And in a new moment of clarity, Dr. Manhattan, like, embraces his judgment that everything does end. And that it's okay that certain things can end in order for other things to live on. And he remakes the universe. So we're now thrown into a new universe of events. And this, we see Krypton exploding, an infant set, sent to Earth in a spacecraft. Uh, the metaverse revolves around this one and only child. Kal-El will always land on Earth throughout all eras of history, and he will always be found by a kindly couple like the Kents. And we go to a different moment in time where we see Manhattan move Alan Scott's lantern back into place so he's able to survive the train crash. And those events unfold in a normal way where he refuses to sell out the other Justice Society members. And then we go to Clark Kent's prom night where before he was not told about the Justice Society of America's existence and that knowledge or push made it so that he didn't kind of step up and save his parents when they died from the car crash. And so he, in this new timeline, he is told about the JSA and that if Clark feels ready to show himself to the world, it'll be ready for him, which causes Superman to dress up to save his adoptive parents when they were in the car accident and save their lives, which reestablished not only Superboy, but the legion of superheroes in the future as well. And now we've made it back to the present, and the legion ring and Alan Scott's lantern begin to glow because the it's they've still gotten to this location and point in time with those events happening differently. Now there's just different stuff around them now. 
So, but the the people are all still there. So, like Rorschach is still in this universe. He's still like Johnny Thunder is still here, and all that, all the normal stuff. It's just some like Saturn Girl vanished before, and now because the Legion of Superheroes disappeared, and now they're back. So she exists again, and all of that. And so Johnny Thunder remembers that Thunderbolt was him the entire time because now the lantern is not he's not having to look for this stuff and the in this new timeline he and thunderbolt are one and both the ring and the lantern explode with power because it's kind of like a time anomaly now and uh, the future and past are set free leaving ozymandias confused with everything going on <laughs> Mostly because those two items were kind of like rocks in place where Dr. Manhattan had kind of meddled in things to create different outcomes. And now that those outcomes are kind of set correctly, they wouldn't exist now. And so now back with Superman in the present, he is surrounded by Black Adam's rampaging metahumans but he's greeted by his now returned allies, the Justice Society of America and the Legion of Superheroes, with Superman leading the charge to battle the villains. Dr. Manhattan watches and is inspired for the first time in his life. Daydreaming of the past one last time, he thinks back to 1938, where Superman revealed himself to Metropolis. Decades later, a scientist is struck by lightning, creating the Flash. As a result, Superman's timeline shifts forward, and reality divides for the first time, creating the multiverse and the creation of Earth 2. Sometime later, during the first crisis, Crisis on Infinite Earths, which is a major event uh, in the DC Universe, the Earth is divided again, and Earth-1 becomes Earth-1985, an unexplored Earth. And Dr. Manhattan finally understands why these, like, multiple Earths exist. And every time that there's a change in the metaverse, the multiverse grows in order to preserve every era of Superman, including the one that existed after both Dr. Manhattan's interference with Flashpoint, which still exists as Earth-52. So every change in Superman's situation is a direct result in the new, a new Earth being created. And kind of understanding that, Dr. Manhattan looks towards the future to explore Superman's life or future in the next, you know, several hundred years. Uh, seeing that in the year 2020, Superman's timeline will be bombarded by the reckless energies of the old gods, uh, once again warping the metaverse. The easiest way to think of it is the metaverse is like the the current era of DC, or like the current generation of DC. And in 2020, the current generation named DC Rebirth ends and after the three events of death metal 
generations and future state, the infinite frontier era or generation will begin. Five years later, a crisis known as Time Masters will occur, will occur, but in its wake, Superman will be revitalized and his strongest allies return. Uh, no matter how many times his existence is attacked, he will survive. A year later, the timeline gets restored again, and the fifth generation of DC begins, and Earth 5G is born. Then in 2030, uh, he sees the secret crisis start, where Superman will fight with Thor across the universe, where he is saved by a green behemoth stronger than Doomsday, which is like notably the, the only being stronger than Superman. And after this, the timeline shifts forward again, like it did from the 30s. And in this new, new timeline, Superman arrives in 2016 from a rocket ship. Uh, where John and Martha Kent find a baby Kal-El again, etc. Rather than him, you know, showing up in 1938, he's now showing up in 2016. And Dr. Manhattan looks forward again, and sees the timeline adjust again to 2045, then 2162, then 2965. Uh, every time a rocket arrives... A child is adopted and loved, and a hero is made. Uh, he now understands Superman's true purpose. He will guide humanity, and humanity will finally embrace his ways by the end of the 30th century, and in turn create the Legion of Superheroes. So now we leave Dr. Manhattan examining the entire fucking multiverse and metaverse and generations of everything. Uh, where Batman and Rorschach find Ozymandias. And they've luckily been able to clear Superman's name with the help of the files left on the Owl ship by Ozymandias himself. And Dr. Manhattan decides to summon all the Watchmen Earth people to the Washington Memorial. So now Batman's kind of by himself, but that's fine because they've already... He already cleared his, cleared Superman's name, and now he's just trapped where he was. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Ozymandias and Rorschach teleport uh, to this memorial, and all the other like comedian mime, marionette, and all of them all teleport to this spot, even the Liger. And Ozymandias reveals that he staged. Superman's and Manhattan's encounter in order to save both worlds because it's always got to be something with him, right? And finally, the comedian shoots Ozymandias uh, just before he's zapped back to his fall from his apartment by the invention from Lex Luthor because you can't just try to kill Lex Luthor and get away with it. So he uses this vibrational emitter or whatever it is to uh, kind of fuse the comedian's body from this earth with his normal body where he's falling from the where he's originally murdered 
because he was kind of teleported from that location. And so he kind of re-emerges and finally dies where when he's supposed to. The comedian, that is. But as Ozzy bleeds out, Rorschach takes off his mask and help uses it to help stop the bleeding. Uh, mostly so he could be charged for his crimes and not, like, die before that. Uh, so Manhattan reveals to Marionette and Mime that they will not be returning to their home universe. So frustrated, <laughs> Marionette asks to at least have her son. Uh, but Manhattan tells her that they have to stay. So that their son has like an anchor like he has with Carver Coleman and pretty much just tells her that that's the way it's going to be. But at least they can still celebrate the birth of their new baby. So a small silver lining, they don't get to see their first kid ever, but them not seeing their first kid helps the kid have an anchor in time so that there's like a locked in time and memory, I guess it's complicated because he doesn't have a lot of story built on him yet. The kid and all of the explaining about the anchor, uh, in time leads Manhattan to visit his own Carver Coleman, convincing him to not be afraid of his true feelings, which changes the actor's destiny for the better because before he was murdered and everyone kind of covered up his secrets about being gay and all the other things he was that was going on in his life of just keeping secrets from everybody and trying to retain his image in the 40s or 50s or whatever it was and Dr. Manhattan never really kind of explored that option because then it would him getting murdered was always kind of like a staple in his anchor so that he knew he could start from that point and he would get murdered and then time would continue and he can that was like his control and having the realization that things can end and it can be okay uh he was okay with letting the control go and this allowed Coleman to come out to the public as gay preventing his murder and eventually becomes an advocate for gay rights and dies of old age with his partner of 40 years at his side so Dr. Manhattan is finally able to let go and let Carver live his life. Elsewhere, the Justice Society of America vows to uncover more about the Superman theory. The news about the Superman program led to a national controversy, and the president is threatened with impeachment. Uh, Martin Stein of Firestorm is incarcerated for his role in the program, while the other half, Ronnie, undergoes treatment. Uh, Superman and Lois meet up with the now living adoptive parents of Superman since they were saved now. Um, we look because they're you know excited to see them now. I don't know why the memories don't transfer over, but that's, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Um, so uh, we look into the Batcave where we see Batman framing Rorschach's journal, like how he keeps 
other souvenirs from all his big event fights and things like the big penny and all the things like that. And now Rorschach's journal becomes one of those trophies for the Batcave. And we take a short glance over to Lex Luthor, who is considering utilizing and improving Ozzy's methods for personal gain because they kind of shared notes. And so he's kind of, he had a good arc of, being, you know, putting the Superman stuff aside and helping the Earth discover these things. But now with all these new mysteries of uh, timelines and all this stuff, you know, actually being true for Lex, he's uh, got other plans and just he just dives way deeper into it. Seeing that Ozzy was willing to uh, sacrifice millions to save billions kind of deal. But it gives Lex a new mission, a new outlook on life, and I guess something you know, good good deal for him, I guess. It's a good, good ending for Lex. But with that, the rest of the Watchmen characters return to their Earth. Luckily, a few minutes before the nuclear explosion, just in time for Manhattan to save the world, by destroying all the nuclear weapons. And to put a little nice bow on Doomsday Clock, we see Rorschach back in his home Earth. He goes to Mothman, Byron Lewis's grave, thanking him for everything. After saving Ozzy's life by using his mask, he decides to live a normal life, as not as Rorschach. And... Dr. Manhattan recalls not killing Marionette and Mime in the past due to their future child bringing great joy to his past lover, Lori Jupiter. But when coming back to his Earth, he realizes that he has to raise the child first a few years to kind of form him into the hero that this world needs. But over time, he realizes that this child could never be the hero that this world needed because he didn't have what Superman did. Basically a locked-in destiny tied in with the metaverse. And so with Dr. Manhattan's time and powers beginning to expire, he decides to imbue the child with the last of his powers Afterwards, the child is finally sent to the Hollis residence where he introduces himself to them as Clark, a name given to him by Superman via Dr. Manhattan. Just named him after Superman because he kind of wanted him to be that. Uh, And says that he was sent there by Dr. Manhattan, so they bring him in for pancakes. Back to a now powerless and weakened Dr. Manhattan where he daydreams and his final thought wanders into what his life could have been if he never became Dr. Manhattan, never going back for the watch. He lives out his life with Janie and their family grows. He smiles one last time as he fades away from existence. And with this ends the Doomsday Clock series, as well as the DC Rebirth era, making way for the Infinite Frontier era of DC. 
not too bad for a season finale. And if you've made it through all of <laughs> Doomsday Clock up until this point, uh, thank you so much. That's It's a super fun story that I really enjoy. I like all the big events that happen in DC, like Flashpoint or Doomsday Clock, and this just happens to be the most recent. And I feel like it's a fun time to do it, because November is kind of Watchmen-related, where they kind of do all the stuff that kind of takes place in Watchmen is usually in November. So I thought it'd be a fun time to do these episodes and it's not an overwhelming amount of episodes. So if you enjoy this content and want to see it sooner or would like more stuff like this, um, you can go to my Patreon at patreon.com slash vex comics that has all of the stuff there for it. It's got the streaming service thing I do where you can watch the movies related to this or, you know, get episodes early. I post all the episodes on there. Some of them have video, some of them don't. Uh, but I post them there as soon as I finish making them as opposed to like this one coming out on the 30th or something. It'll, yeah, you would be able to listen to it. Uh, like a week early so there's that sometimes it's like three weeks early but other times it's a day early you know <laughs> it just depends but again that's patreon.com slash vexcomics v-e-x-c-o-m-i-c-s and thank you again for listening <laughs>